All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. It is always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast. This is episode 314. This is a show where we share the, our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write the show P.S. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. As a reminder, we are a video podcast as well. You can watch our show over on YouTube if you prefer. Be sure you're subscribed to that. And for new and or longtime listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show at a $1 level. The Patreon tier is called the one and only $1 Club. So head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. We will mail you a free die-cut vinyl sticker if you decide to support our show for $1 a month. Clearly, that doesn't keep the show running, but it gives us the fire we need to keep consistent and steady episodes for you. So if you like getting these shows every week, go on over there. Give us a dollar a month. You can do it. And uh, we'll give you a shout-out in the show as well as a sticker. So with all that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing today? Uh, I don't know. Not very good. I, I don't feel very well. So yeah, like literally everybody in my life is sick right now. So it's uh. kind of inevitable that it's going to get passed along at some point. I think as of Friday last week, two thirds of my office was sick or just coming back from being sick. Mm. And, uh, that sucks. <clears throat> so I've been kind of fighting it off all weekend and of course, I had a busy weekend, so I didn't really get a lot of rest. And then, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's no big deal. And I just kind of—I'm usually pretty good at like shrugging off sicknesses, but yeah. if it's just a little cold or something. But hopefully, it's not anything more than that. Because a couple people I talked to have said that they've whatever they got is put them down for a couple of days, and I really don't want to deal with that. So I've heard that as well. Um, <clears throat> I've heard there's but, some uh, garbage going around. Sorry to hear you're not feeling great. It's just like a, it's like a like a drainage thing. It's not really even like I don't feel really that bad. Otherwise, I got this like lump in my throat from all this drainage, and other than that, I feel yeah, maybe a little bit of a lack of energy, but I don't feel like horrible. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of these things where you just kind of feel just sort of gross and uh i don't know not enough to keep me home but we'll see how tomorrow goes well don't go getting other people sick that's the thing that's the thing i tell people in my in my office all the time i'm like hey here's the deal guys here's the deal if you feel like garbage don't bring it in you know even if you can power through it i i don't want to get sick so just keep it at home it's a sick days are for but uh, I get it, man. Works to be done, you know, dude. So I've got a couple. Well, it's, Go ahead. Yeah, it's just, I was just gonna say it's just like one of those things where, like, if I feel, if I feel like I want to stay home, I'll stay home. Mm-hmm. But if I feel well enough to be at the office, I like I have my own office where I can close the door. Yeah. So I could stay away from people. And not to mention, like I said, literally everybody in my office is already sick or just coming back from being sick. So it's like, 
what the fuck? I'm already walking into a cesspool. Yeah, there's no damage to be. <laughs> so, so like, yeah. There's no anyway. Damage. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, dude. I just had a couple quick things I want to bring up before we get on the show. Obviously, uh, you're not feeling great, and there actually, unfortunately, this was a, a week of a lot of news. So what, what we plan on covering today is going to be the PlayStation State of Play. Go over some listener feedback, and then a couple random news stories, and we'll be out of everybody's hair. I know I say that to the listeners, and they're like, well. Fuck, we're tuning in because we want to hear you guys talk about shit. Well, don't worry. We're going to talk about shit. But we also got to be mindful of everybody's health. So we're going to cruise through it. But I wanted to bring up just several quick icebreakers for the podcast. Question number one. Have you ever been in – I think this is a guy thing versus a, a girl thing, man and women. Uh, here's the thing. When I get into a very deep sleep and I'm just absolutely zonked, like literally I'm so dead asleep, I might as well not even exist. And then if I get startled awake, I go immediately into putting up my dukes and like def- like fighting for my life. Like if there's something primal that triggers, like if you startle me when I'm in that REM sleep and I come out of it, I might swing and hit you. It's it's not personal. I'm just automatically in I got to save myself mode because I don't know what the fuck's going on as soon as I wake up. And if there's someone in my fucking space, it freaks me out and I just start going crazy. And I'm not even fully awake yet. Like my brain is still waking up. This happened last night. I'm in bed. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a good start on Monday. I'm going to bed at nine o'clock. I go, I go to Chelsea. I said, hey, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going up to the bedroom. I'm going to bed. End of story. Put on the TV. And before I know it, I'm out. I don't even know that I'm out. I'm gone. Just gone. I'm getting to sleep. My body needs it. was a long weekend. And then I'm awoken, and she's at the bedside standing. Now, granted, the lights are out. The TV is on, so there's a little bit of like a silhouette. And she's standing there. And my brain doesn't quite tie it together to reality yet. And she's reaching. It looks like she's reaching over me or doing something like moving towards me. And I immediately go like this. And I'm like looking at her like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like just go scream. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get really violent for no reason except the fact that like I got put into fight or flight for no reason at the fact that I was just dead asleep. And someone was like in my fucking personal space and I didn't expect him to be. Turns out she was like shaking me to wake me up, which number one kind of pissed me off because I went to bed on purpose to go to sleep. But here she was downstairs and she couldn't sleep and she couldn't find her phone. So she had wanted me to wake up and call her cell phone so she could fucking look at shit on her phone because she couldn't sleep. So it was a disaster. So anyways, she found her phone. Uh, it somehow gotten through the couch cushions down below the couch down there where she was sitting and she just couldn't find it. She must have passed out and woke back up and couldn't get back to sleep. Anyways, you know how it is when you're restless. Um, so glad that she didn't just jump into the bed because she would have been restless as shit all night and would have pissed me off even more. But I got terrible sleep because I was awoken by this fucking moment. And like, I wanted to know, hey, do do you snap into that if anyone startles you awake from a deep sleep? Do you, has it ever happened? No, but I'm also not a paranoid freak like you are. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I watch a lot of scary shit, and I'm always like worried that I'm, I'm someone's gonna like, kill me in my sleep. Now, granted, I didn't think wouldn't ever expect Chelsea to do that, but um, you never fucking know. I mean, I've of, of course I've been like startled awake, but before, you don't wake up like, with your hands up like this, ready to go. No, I'm not even a fighter. I wouldn't even know how to throw a punch. But yeah, that's that's it. I think it's primal instinct kicking in, man. They say like don't like that's the whole saying like don't. You know, let sleeping dogs lie. Don't fuck with them when they're asleep, even if they're friendly, because they'll panic and they'll bite you if you wake them up. You know what I mean? Like, they they get. I I have a bit of that in me. It's weird. I'm not a dog, clearly, but that's a real thing. So I just wanted to see what your take was on that, listeners. You guys can chime in if you're if you're a defensive sleeper in that regard. And then I started thinking real quick. We had had conversations about the music industry. There being too much static. About games, too many fucking games, too much static. How do you sort through the bullshit? And I'm starting to realize that this is not a game or music or art kind of uh, media thing. I think that this is everywhere. I just think there's too much static everywhere. And I say this because it used to be back in the day you could sniff out the fucking shitty products being advertised to you, right? Because, like, it's the same thing. Like, if you can afford a TV commercial, there might be something there. Now, when you're on the internet, everybody and their mother has a product they're trying to sell you. Now, what? No, let's just say, let's just say that I do suffer from headaches, which I don't. Someone, I, there was an advertisement about this fucking plunger you put in your ear, you, you, all the, you, you, it's like, just imagine like a, a turkey baster. You squeeze it, get all the air out, you put it in one ear and you unsqueeze it and it's supposed to suck out pressure. And this lady's like, it really works. If you have a headache, gone in two minutes, 100%, it goes away. She goes, trust me, this works. You just have to do this for two or three minutes each ear. And it's, a, it's a completely serious advertisement. This is what we've come to. There's no Do not way fucking use one of those things. I'm not even get headaches, that's but like I saw like- it. I dude, I saw it, and then I'm just like, there's so much bullshit everywhere now. Like, w- like headaches. Clearly, you shouldn't refer to a turkey baster to pull shit out of your here. But there's so much though. There are so many things. There's so many just fucking things being thrown in front of us all the time. Oh, this is the best ice scraper you ever see in your entire life. Or these are the best, you know, these hubcaps will never break. These these hubcaps, you know, this is the best pillow you'll ever use, ever. It's the greatest thing for your posture. All the time, I'm being sold some sort of fucking garbage to the point that if there ever is a situation that there is an opportunity... Like, uh, let's let's say like a fucking insurance salesman is like, guys, listen, we really could get you a better deal on your fucking insurance. No strings attached. Come join us. My guard is up 100% again on everything. I trust nobody. If you're trying to sell me a product, you instantly aren't getting my money. Like, that's just where I'm at. And it's like, dude, do you feel this way? Like, like if you're looking for a new pro- – if it's not like a name brand or something you've never heard of, let's say like you see like an invention online or something. It's like, oh, yeah, that would be really – that would be really – I don't buy into this shit, but I'm just trying to give an example. Let's say like I don't fucking know. Let's say you need a new pump, a tire, a tire pump for your basketball or something, right? 
Would you, would you, if you saw an advertisement online for a tire pump that like apparently never fails, lifetime guarantee, you don't, no man, it's just like some sort of automated thing and it just, people are like, hey, it's the best pump I've ever purchased, never had to fucking buy another one again in my entire life, you know, and it's 20 bucks. Or are you going to probably go on Amazon or go to Walmart and just get a fucking manual pump? Like, I'm never going to trust anything that's sold to me over the internet mainly, ever. Any advertisement. But it might be the best pump, dude. I'm not opposed to being advertised to. I mean, I think it really boils down to the advertisements. Some of them are just like – it's like if you're going to – if you're going to advertise to me like this is the home shopping network, then yeah, I'm not going to fucking look at your shit. (laughs) Right, right. Like like if – If you uh, order in the next two minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I – it, it, it's got to have like it's got to be one of these things where it's like yeah you can advertise to me that you know it's the whatever the best fucking basketball pump on the planet or whatever you're saying but <laughs> if i don't google if i don't google that like let's say it's there's like layers to it it's like okay you got a good fucking commercial or ad or whatever your fine, interest right? is peaked yeah first thing i'm going to do is google your ass and if your product doesn't show up in some stores that I am familiar with, or if you don't have multiple accreditations from places that I trust mm. or something like that, it's like I'm not I'm not gonna look at you. But I am if it's like 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 I'll, I'll give you an example of like uh, like two big ones are like. Uh, groove rings and shady rays. So groove rings are like the silicone rings for like like uh, for like wedding bands and stuff. Okay, yeah, right, right, right. I um I have bought a couple of their rings because I don't wear my I don't wear my metal wedding band anymore. Okay, because uh, it's too dangerous for work and right? just for work and for working on my motorcycles and all the playing hockey. Like it's just it's not worth it for me to wear it. So. I have a I I have a I've bought a couple of the silicone bands from them and they're actually really really nice for fucking thirty dollars so you can't beat them. And then the other thing was uh, Shady Ray's sunglasses. Now I will admit, with as far as the Shady Rays go, I was a little bit underwhelmed with that product, but I wouldn't say that I got ripped off. But these are two things that it's like you either have to be like both of them are have made their bones on like internet advertising. Yeah. You know, like YouTube ads, um like Groove Rings and Shady Rays and stuff like that, Purple Mattress, like shit like this where it's sure. like when, once you get inundated with this shit like over and over and over again, it's like okay, if fucking Joe Rogan is advertising uh Groove rings or whatever, or monkey feet, these things that you like lift weights with. It's like, okay, well, by the way, I hate them all. Then it's like, okay, well, if, if the people that are advertising this are people that like, are like, I, I know it would be worth their time to do this. Like, like they're not going to sell me something that's a piece of shit. Right. Then it's like, okay, I'll look into it. But you're, but those random ads you're talking about, like, 
like the snake oil shit, I'm I'm just like, mm, you got to stop. Like, and, and more often than not, like Facebook and Instagram and all this stuff, I literally every single time I get one of those, I just click on it. It's just like, I don't want to see this anymore. I don't want to see this yeah. anymore. I don't want to see this anymore. And I've got my shit tailored pretty well. But uh, the moral of the story is, um, do you research? Don't put a fucking turkey baster in your ear because <laughs> you are way more likely to, fuck to up damage your, yeah, your right. eardrums than you are to actually fucking help you relieve your. That's head. what I'm Just saying, that man. Like this shit's all fucked up now. Like everybody's trying to like sell you something. Like even if it's even if it could probably really hurt you. And it's just so weird that this is okay now. We accept it. And it's just like, they're going to all lose their money eventually. But I mean, like, if you think about it, if you put proper advertising out there and you have a shitty product, you get in front of enough people, you're going to make your money back. If you price it right, you're going to make your money back and then some. So it's like the whole thing is just broken because, again, oversaturation of everything. Anyways, that's that. We can let it go. The last one I was going to bring up, and I'm, I'm so pissed off about this. I've changed so many, so many wiper blades in my time. I'm 42, turning 43 in May. I went out there to change Chelsea's window wipers. And uh, it was cold out. This, this actually happened last week. It was cold out, and my hands were frozen. And I have the wiper arm up, and I'm putting the blade on. And the sleeve of my jacket or something caught on something... And I let go of the arm and it came down and it cracked her windshield. And I'm so fucking mad about it because the tension of that spring on on the wiper blade arm. Oh, my God, dude. That thing is cranked so tight. That thing came down so fucking hard and I didn't have the blade on. And uh, it just, have you ever done this? Uh, I mean, I've had. Uh, like close calls cracked windshields before but i've never uh i've never done that so specifically word of advice i get on reddit trying to figure out if this is going to be covered by comprehensive or if it's going to be like the whole fucking thing and uh i got on reddit and then someone was like oh yeah someone was like oh my god i just did this and then all the comments were like you're a dumbass and i felt like such an idiot but it's like I've done this a thousand times. I've never had this issue. And I guess this is one of those things where it's like, you do it one time, you'll never fucking do it again. Because like, it's like next time I change window wiper blades, they're coming up and I'm putting down towels where the window wiper blades should rest. Um, I don't even know if that would have fucking saved it, but that's what people are like. Oh yeah. Every time I do it, I put down a fucking towel because you never know if that thing's going to slip, man. It's like, dude, I've never, I've let them slip before, never cracked a windshield. But it, it's also really cold out, so that probably didn't help. But that's my end of rant. Maybe the listeners have done this. Maybe they think I'm an idiot. But uh, Usually what I'll do is I'll take the wiper off mm-hmm. and then put the arm, like set the arm back down on the windshield. And then get the other one ready, mm-hmm. pull the arm up, snap the new one on, and then set it back Well, see, down. that's what I was doing. So, yeah, the first one was already on. I had the wiper blade. I pull up the arm, I go to affix it, and this movement, something caught or something, and I and I let go, and it just boom, it went down, and I was like, God damn it, because it was really loud, and and it's it's small enough, but it's small enough you can see the spider webbing coming out from it, and I'm like, God damn motherfucker, so it hasn't been replaced yet, but I mean, I wouldn't even worry about the 
like googling insurance shit. I would just call your fucking insurance agent and be like, "My windshield's cracked. I need to get it replaced." Yeah. Any insurance adjuster then, is going to see where that crack started and know exactly what the fuck happened when he looks at those. And if they want to, if they want to, if they want to bust your balls and be like, "Well, how did it happen?" Mm-hmm. And just be like, "Oh, the you know the windshield wiper arm kind of cracked the thingamajig." Yeah, and then it's up to at that point they can be like, oh well, we're not covering it or whatever. But yeah, or it's a higher deductible. Hope that they do. Yeah, it's just a pain in well, the ass. The thing is, is that if if they don't cover it, mm-hmm. um, get, paying for your own windshield is real expensive. Yeah, so so they will they will cover. It. We have we have the coverage, but I just don't know if they're gonna say, well, this is fine because you pay this whatever. This is your plan, so you don't have to. I've had my windshield patched with the goop they spray it, they put in, and then over time mm-hmm. that that became compromised again, that exact area. So I called it in again, and then they're like, "Yeah, uh, you, we're just going to replace your windshield." And I was like, "Well, that's going to co- what's that going to cost me?" They're like, "I oh, just fifty bucks." And I'm like, fifty bucks," and she was like, "Yeah." I was like, "All right." They were like, "Yeah, we don't we don't fill it up twice. Once it's compromised, you know, after the first patch, we replace it for safety." I was like, cool. 50 bucks, here you go. There you go. Yeah, but I don't know what this one's going to cost me. Anyways, let's get into games we're playing. Every episode, we talk about games that we're currently playing. And if I'm being entirely honest, Jake, I have not I've not really fallen back into Final Fantasy 16. The game is slowly getting away from me. I am progressing the story, but it is uh, I'm slowing down on this shit. I still have the, the Dead Inside or whatever the hell that... Dark Pictures game is, and Hell Divers comes out soon. And I've just been really tired lately, so I haven't really had much steam either. I've been booking a lot of shows for the summer, I've been doing a lot of band work, doing tax shit, working overtime at my job. It's been busy, so gaming has been kind of put on the back burner. But I have been playing it, I'm a little further, and uh, it's fine. I just. I find myself being less and less interested in this game, but I I have to finish it now that I'm well past the halfway point. Jake, what are you playing? Anything? Uh, what am I playing? Oh, just I'm just still playing Death Stranding. I'm I'm right at the end. I well, I'm at the like the last area. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, but there's like no spoilers, but you have to like find your way across this big tar pit. To get to like the final like city area, I vaguely and, remember like, this. And so like I f- I finally just did that, and now it's like, you know, they tell you that you you uh, you have to like race another character to find your sister. Mm. Fucking mm-hmm. so like <laughs> I'm uh, I'm like slowly working on that, and I will admit that like I do. The more I play it, the more I I have been enjoying it. Um, especially once you get like the – I feel like once you get the – the non-lethal assault rifle, it's like the, the, the fucking uh, whatever, mules or whatever are just trivial. And it's, it's kind right. of like – I feel like there's some there are, there are some balancing issues in the game where it's like you should give I think that they should have given it would have been nice to have some of this stuff sooner 
but then maybe not make it so powerful. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. give me the ability to kind of handle these situations, but maybe make the tools a little bit less productive so that I can still have a little bit of a a little bit of a challenge. And then, um, like the the, la- the last area I've been in or whatever, it's just been like uh, vehicles are kind of fucking trivial. I mean, like they're they're not like even worth using, and. But it's like once I got the um, the extended battery or whatever, mm-hmm. and and unlocked the uh, once you unlock like the the all terrain power legs or whatever the fuck it is, it's just like whatever. You just like load all your shit on one of those little fucking dollies, and then you just climb literally cliff walls. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like okay, this is just whatever. And then you get that thing. Um, that allows you to kind of uh, take out the BTs or whatever. Yep. And I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm almost done with it and I'm excited to, uh, excited to get through it just to yeah. be able to start on something else. But I'm like, I'm like 32 hours into it. So I've got to be really close. Yeah. You are getting close. So I will say this. Uh, every episode we talk about listener feedback. Um, you can write the show at pssisawesome at gmail.com. You can also leave comments on our YouTube episodes or wherever you want to. But we do prefer that you go join the Patreon. Write us on Patreon, patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. But we're not picky. And Big Box writes in. And this is a Death Stranding related news, uh, question, feedback. And I never thought about this until he brought it up. He says, Death Stranding music question. You guys didn't find the soundtrack to be jarring? I was into the hard sci-fi world, the unique tone, the futuristic themes, etc. But then all of a sudden, I'm listening to Churches and Low Roar. I feel like it needed an otherworldly Oppenheimer-esque Nolan soundtrack. And we got a Euphoria, HBO, Gone Home, a very 2014-era soundtrack instead. You two didn't have that experience? Great show as always. P.S. Fred, Billy Joel is releasing a new single on February 1st. That's fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is fun, sure. Um, that's crazy, by the way. I didn't listen to it yet. Um, didn't realize that that was happening to you wrote in and I have not listened to Billy Joel's latest sing- uh, single, but I should check it out. Also, dude, what, what do you think about this music commentary? Um, I've never really thought so, about the choice of songs. I just like that. They did it. I, I don't, I don't know that I agree with this at all. I, I think that the soundtrack, like, the the reason all of the songs fit the mood of travel almost perfectly within this desolate world in my opinion and i will admit that it is it can be jarring when you're you're running you've been running around for 10 minutes and then all of a sudden you hear a like track a starts to play or something yeah and it's like but that's – I think that's cool. 
Like it's awesome that it, and it's never it never like jumps into a, to that like this fucking you know rock anthem or something like that. It's always some like atmospheric kind of jam. Like the the low roar, roar songs might as well be fucking ambient music because they're so mm. just chill. You know, I you could you could argue like maybe some of the apocalyptica songs or something like that because they're a little bit more upbeat. But like, um. But what about my some, biggest sorry, problem? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and then just my one, my one last point is my biggest problem with it is that they always trigger too late. Like I want them to trigger right at the start of a given journey and they, or like towards the beginning of a given journey. But for me, what ends up happening is I'll be trudging up over this hill, been walking for 15 minutes this song comes on, little credit pops up, mm. sounds fucking dope, and then 20 seconds into the song, I walk up to a distribution center and it cuts out. Yeah. And it's like, I I just wish that the timing was a little bit better, but all said, um, I do enjoy the filmic nature of it. <laughs> I, I, I do think it works very well. I just think that that the timing could be a little bit better. I do understand that part. Of yeah. It. And I think maybe where Big Box is going a little more with this is like, should it not just be even more cinematic? Like, you know, can it just be interesting um, composures, you know, uh, compositions, and not be like something that the kids are listening to these days? Like can it but be? None of those songs are that, you know. They're all these fucking obscure, it can be like, argued, yeah. Indie, yeah, like atmospheric music. Yeah, that's true. And we know Hideo Kojima curates that shit. He makes sure that it's exactly what he wants. But man, I don't because what we got all kinds of Metal Gear songs too. Interesting shit in that game that were like you know classic. We got classic rock songs and all kinds of stuff. We had that garbage song. Um, that's Hideo's style. I don't want to take that from him, but. It, to be quite honest, dude, it never dawned on me, which is probably saying a lot because it must have fit perfectly because I never thought that it felt out of place. But And I was just like, oh, this is interesting. This works. But I never really considered the source content, never considered that these were current musicians and bands and current, re- relatively current and, and um, relative and, and, you know... I don't know, active groups right now. Now, would it be weird if, like, I don't know, it might even be more badass. Could you imagine coming up over the crest of, like, a mountain and hearing, like, the beginning of Everlong or something? I think it would still be cool. I think it's just the timing. I think it's the timing, like you said, but I think it's better towards the tail end of the journey than, than in, in, the, in the beginning. If anything, the middle would be the perfect. But, like, something... Like what if like the riff to Ann or Sandman comes in and you're like walking with this fucking baby attached to you and you've got you just got done taking out these fucking mules and like you're getting to the exit and you've got your fucking luggage. It actually would work. I think I think the the beauty of Hideo uh, Kojima games something like that's a little too Marvel for me, but like But it I, could work. I don't think it would be I think- wildly out of place. I think that it would be like if they were really because, you know, he would use that in a very particular scenario. Like, let's say you uh, 
you like probably like I can under like the way that I see something like that playing out is <laughs> like the first time you come across one of the trucks and you like yeah let's say you killed a bunch of mules and you steal this fucking truck and now you're and you get into in it. it and then all of a sudden enter Sandman's fucking blasting and then uh and then um Sam Bridges like turns it off and is like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, like, that would be like, kind of like you could see sure. you could see like him doing some weird shit like that. Or just like grunting. Um, huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like I don't know. I I appreciate this comment. Um, I do too. I I the thing is is that I love the the to be clear in my experience, ninety five percent of the time it is just ambient. Uh, soundtrack score. Mm. It's not you know any licensed music at all, right? And then um, you know it's only randomly that one of these things start playing, and generally when it does, to me it seems like the stuff that is being that is playing is very in keeping with the ambience of what's going on, not necessarily, uh, it doesn't, it, it never, it never to me felt like it was clashing. Yeah. True. I guess I should say. Yeah. Yeah. It always felt like a fit. Um, thanks for writing in big box. Appreciate you as always. I will say just one final statement is that literally almost every single fucking song that plays whenever I'm playing the game is by that band low roar. Oh, and I don't know how the soundtrack is being chosen. And the other thing that I'm wondering is because there's a lot of licensed music in this, do these licenses run out? And are there certain tracks that I don't have because I'm playing the director's cut version of the game mm. that might have been in the original version of the game and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So um, there is some weirdness that could be going on there too. But I have to imagine that it's probably – it's probably just my experience. Maybe could, I'm just being fed this particular artist. Could you imagine if we had a manager and they say, hey, Flood, uh, Kojima Productions, more notably Hideo Kojima, would like to use your entire album for his new video game. Like, what the fuck do you do but say yes all the time? You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah, I freaking for free. Yeah, no, no, it. we got to take a cut, Jesus. But yeah, you know how much do these people probably get paid for this? Probably not a lot. I don't know how. I don't know. But they the probably get is. paid something. Oh yeah, some they get paid something. Little, like, some kind of a little thing. Well, but. we were gonna get just for the one track we were gonna write for Cyberpunk that we wrote uh, for that contest. The winner walked away with. I think they said if your song was chosen, you get five thousand dollars. And they picked mm. like twelve artists for one song. Yeah. So, fuck! If you had an album of twelve songs and they just wanted to use it, there's fucking sixty thousand dollars. That's at the rate they give nobody. You know that that would be a nobody person like me writing a song for them. Could you imagine what it what they could ask for if they were an established musician or artist like Low Roar? It would be much higher, I would imagine. So. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That'd be fucking dope. All right. Anyways, next next listener feedback. Wes Nip writes in, we were talking about um, No Man's Sky in VR. So I'm just going to read Wes's comment here real quick, and then uh, we'll follow up real quick briefly with a response. He says, hey, y'all, thanks for the depth 
the in-depth look at No Man's Sky in VR. That gave me a lot of insight into that kind of experience, and it sounds great except for the control controls change. Um, you got my name correct. Mostly the K is silent, so it sounds like Nip. And uh, you can just say Wes like you was because that's my first name. And a lot of people get the pronunciation wrong anyways. But also, the No Man's Sky has a story which has missions like a normal game. And the story's pretty good. I won't spoil it in case you finish it. But the point is really to just do what you want, really. So you can't explore. You can find planets, ships, buried treasures, find glitches to display at your base. Find exotic creatures and all of your findings you can view in your discoveries tab. You can trade and sell. It's pretty much endless. I'm on PS5 and I had to force myself to play Dredge just to get off the No Man's Sky kick for a while because it's just fun to exist there. So I'm on Dredge now and it's a pretty awesome game so far. Well worth the play. But again, thanks for the reply on the show. Great job as always. And I'll be listening every week. Great job, y'all. Thank you, Wes Nip, for writing in. Glad that we were able to... uh, get you some sort of response. So hats off to Jake for doing the fucking homework on that shit and getting back to you. Cause I did not play it yet and I was gonna, but I didn't. So hopefully there's no love lost. Been, been kind of swamped at home with stuff, but yeah, very good. Thanks for all the feedback. I like how he's like, yeah, there's missions. It's like a regular game, but really you just do whatever the fuck you want to do. So I'm not sure yet, even like how important the missions are or if you can just fuck off the whole game. I think you could probably do either. So it sounds like it's really open-ended. Jake? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been my experience. And to be clear, I don't know if I mentioned this whenever Wes brought this up last week, but I played a lot of No Man's Sky when it first came out. Like, probably 20 or 30 hours of it. Yeah, I don't think you did mention that. that That might not be a lot for someone who plays it religiously, but... When it first came out, I mean, and there was literally zero guidance whatsoever. I played it for like 30 hours just like, you know, finding these beacons and it's like telling you how to get – try to get to the center of the universe or whatever the fuck. I I don't even know. Like it's so – like there's so much vagary and then like you just kind of learned how to build your ship and try and get better – better freaking engines to fly farther into space and like all this stuff. Yeah. But I – it seems way more in depth now, and there's way more to do. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. It does seem pretty, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I think so. Well, with that being said, thanks for writing into the show. You guys can always write in, like I said earlier. But we're going to move on to some news points, and uh, I'm sure you guys are all waiting for us to discuss the state of play. The first news point is: is this past Wednesday, Sony released a new state of play, and it was different this time around. Um, we're going to start there, talk about it, and then see where the wind takes us for this show. But uh, the one thing I want to say first off, we don't got to give a high-level opinion of it. We'll just go through the points they t- they touched on. But I do want to say that the weird voiceover shit is gone. Did you notice that? Because they have been just voiced over. Up next, we have this from blah, 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 Vendors. And then it would show the trailer. Thanks for watching that trailer. Up next, we have... It wasn't that. They had Herman Holst on here, which was kind of nice. It felt more more like a true showing to me, mm-hmm. regardless of the content. But I, I really thought that they had a lot to show here. And uh, I guess maybe we'll do a quick high-level opinion. Jake, what do you think about the way this state of play was presented to us? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, 
I was actually surprised at how long it was, and they showed a lot of good stuff in here. I'm like looking through your notes. You got like this is all out of order, but that's sorry about um, that. That's okay. I pulled it right off I, of the website. Um, but I, yeah, I I thought it was it was good. I mean, this is kind of about as as good as you could ever expect to receive from a state of play. To be honest with you, I mean, it's it's it, in my opinion, it was kind of bordering on showcase territory. Yeah. I mean. We didn't have any real big announcements or anything like that, but um, well, just in the level of like the quality of the games that they discussed, and mm-hmm. you know that's that's uh, I think it's um, I think it's worth saying that it's it was a pretty good showing by them. Yeah, and I I will say, excuse me, this is not in order. I pulled this off of Push Square's website because this is where we usually pull our news topics to talk about. But um, I guess we're going to start with the big hitter. Right. Let's talk about the big hitter. We got a uh, we got a Death Stranding two huge story trailer, and they confirmed uh, the release date's twenty twenty five, and it's going to be called On the Beach, which is uh, kind of somewhat leaked prior to this. And dude, I gotta say, it looks fucking great. You're probably Death Stranded out at this point, but holy shit, I've taken enough time away from it that I saw this and I was like. This looks fucking dope, but at the same time, I will add, it looks largely like more of the same. It doesn't look like I was hoping, like a more streamlined, you know, we had talked like, okay, he lays the foundation with Death Stranding 1, then Death Stranding 2, right? Then he can really tune into what worked and get rid of some of the the fat, right, trim the fat. This, this trailer... Um, definitely shows, uh, you know, Sam carting shit around still. And they're like, yeah, well, now you're working for Drawbridge instead of Bridges. And it's like, minor spoiler, but whatever. It's just a fucking name. But, like, now i got to buy another hat. But, I mean, outside of that, dude, like, it all looks intriguing and awesome. But I didn't get the vibe that there's much evolution from the first Death Stranding so far. Granted, there wasn't a lot of gameplay, if any. There was like very minimal gameplay screenshots from what I could tell. But they were kind of spliced in, but there was no HUD. But you could tell the scenes that were gameplay. Um, There's a scene where like Sam's riding in like a new delivery vehicle. And then there's a scene where he's like cresting a mountaintop that's covered in snow. And there's like an avalanche that happens. And it looks like maybe an earthquake happened. And he's like going like this. Whoa, like he might fall. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But like. I don't know. He still sounds like still sounds like you're going to be carting fucking boxes around and being a delivery guy. Um, so I don't know. Just funded by a new agency instead of the pre previous agency, uh, the the new whatever the new America or whatever it's called. I forget what they call it. But um, anyways, I again Hideo knocks it out with art direction. Like the fucking weird hands on that lady's neck that keep coming up and shit. So fucking cool. Um, mm-hmm. everything about it's just fucking dope, but like I still have no clue what's going on. And there's even one scene where like Norman Reedus's character Sam is like, he looks like like he came out of like the Temple of Doom. Like he has all this chalk powder all over him. Like he looks like he's like almost like dead or something. But like he he's being shown the new facility. He's like, it's a hell of a it's a hell of a ship you have here. 
you know, and he's like just like half naked and he's covered in like this pasty white shit. And I don't know what that even implies or what it means. Did he die? Is this is this the real world? Are we going to be navigating between um, the afterlife and the current life? And because like, I don't know, like he didn't really touch on that stuff. But let's talk about that real quick and then we'll get into the reveal that happened right after they showed this trailer. Jake, what do you think about the Death Stranding 2 stuff? Um, I mean, I thought it looked fucking cool. I, I will say that, uh, it, it was disappointing to me that it was like, oh, here's your, here's your fucking private room and here's your fucking packages Mm. and here's your BB and like all this shit, and I'm just like, oh, okay. It's just like I've just I've just been doing this for like the past thirty hours. <laughs> See, I'm and getting like, kind of excited about it, but I understand where you're coming um, from. But I will say that there is a scene. I don't know if you remember. Um, there's a couple things. Obviously, the story stuff looks looks fucking awesome, just like every other Kojima game. But one of the coolest things about on the story front was, uh. The uh, well, I'll just touch on the gameplay thing real quick that I was going to bring up is that like it does seem like the gameplay they've kind of added some shit to it. Like they're showing like uh, you know floods knocking out bridges that you've built, and like um, like the environments look kind of crazy, like really crazy. It does look like there's probably going to end up being a lot more combat in this one. I don't know if you remember, there was like this scene where there's like these fucking robots and, uh, and Sam pulls out like a, uh, like an assault rifle and starts shooting at him and shit. And like, um, you know, that to me is really the biggest drawback of the first game was like, they're they needed to break up the the travel a little bit with a, a little bit more action like i get that they're they're he was like you know trying to get across that you know sam's not a fighter and all this crap he's a delivery boy but it's like by the end of the game i'm shooting shit and fucking fighting guys on battlefields and all this crap anyway so it's like mm. you know maybe introduce that a little bit sooner and then, uh, so it seems like maybe in this game there's going to be a little bit more combat. Also, like, there's, like, just some crazy visuals of, like, him. Uh, you, you'd mentioned, like, the landslide thing. But there's, like, this section where he's, like, sneaking around some BTs. But they look, like, way crazier than they did in the yeah. first game. And, like, um, I just, I get the vibe that... The first game was probably the proof of concept. Not that it isn't a complete experience, but it's more of a proof of concept. And then the second game is like, okay, let's take that. If that works, let's take that and just crank it up. Yeah. And I think that's really all that the first game needs is it just needs to be fucking cranked up. Because, like, the story stuff is great. <laughs> crank it up. And... Just fucking crank it up. And so it looks like they might be doing that with the second game. And I love I love the imagery. I love like the – obviously I haven't beat the game yet. So I don't know what happens to Higgs. But obviously, 
you know, which one Higgs is Higgs? Is in the second game, he's the one that has like the the hood and like the skull mask. Yeah, the okay. Troy Baker character. Who um, who's the guy? Is Hartman the guy that goes away and comes back all the time? Hartman's the one that 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 goes into cardiac arrest. Yeah, he's every fucking awesome or whatever. What a great yeah, name he's for a cool him character, too. Hartman. Of course. Dude, I was explaining to Sarah um, how like all of the characters that you interact with. Their ringtones are specific to the character, yeah. And like, like it's if you don't really think about it, you don't maybe wouldn't even notice it. But like Hartman's, uh, trying to remember what, uh, oh the 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 mama character mm-hmm. who like has the child or whatever. Like hers is like the like like a nursery rhyme, oh, and like right. Dead Man's character is like the funeral march. And like, but they're like these like beepy boopy ringtones. So it sounds kind of like yeah. it just sounds like a ringtone. So clever. But I, uh, yeah, I um, I don't remember what Hartman's is, but it's the imagery in this these games is so fucking cool. And even like, there's this scene where uh, they show like the guy. There's like the guy that's piloting the big freaking ship that you're in, and he's got like this weird like tar cat bat thingy on his shoulder and like the i don't um, remember that yeah it looks like it almost looks like a like a final fantasy character um, and then there's it's, like the, it's really w- wild there's the but, the weird puppet thing in death stranding 2 yeah, that's that was I was gonna bring up. That was really cool. Like, I love how that model is very stop motion and like it's so weird. Man. It's it's very it's very neat looking. I'm really excited to see what's going on with that. And then they show like they show a scene of an actual like BT attack. Like you remember in the game where where like there's the BTs just kind of floating there yeah. like zombies, yeah. and then if you actually get dragged down by one, like the big fucking whale creature or whatever will come after you. Yeah. Well, they showed one of those and it's like this big creepy crawly like fucking hand looking thing and uh it looks awesome dude i i even though i'm not gonna lie like (laughs) dude i just can't get enough of the image the way kojima games just present yeah like even metal gear solid 5 i know people had a lot of issues with it but like dude it It was a really good fucking game if if he was if he would have been given the time to wrap it up the way there is hidden CG trailers on YouTube somewhere of of what the intended end of Metal Gear of Act Three yeah well like was like it wasn't complete but it was like like placeholder models and stuff oh, and it was fucking the awesome the story yeah. was so good if they would have just let him wrap that fucking shit up anyways it doesn't even matter that game could have been one of the best games ever made. If they would have just wrapped, the only thing that game suffers is is the story's incomplete. Everything else about that game, I would argue, was fucking awesome. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, enough enough about this because you're not feeling good. Let's let's go to the other thing. So when this wraps up, uh, Kojima is there with Herman Holst, and Herman's talking about how he's been slowly whittling away Hideo Kojima to do this new project. And they announce a, that there's going to be uh, an espionage game. Um, Kojima's talking about it, and he's saying that it's going to happen. And uh, 
we don't know what it is, but we kind of do now. At the time, we didn't know. And it, they did this really interesting thing where um, – I forget what K- Kojima says. He's like something like uh, until then or next time or something like that. And then you can tell like this whole thing was shot on this weird – they do this one-shot drone thing that it peels out and it goes out of this this big Paramount studio. And it just kind of goes and you see where they're actually filming this thing at. And like, well, that's interesting, but I didn't pick up on anything. But anyways, underneath the Paramount sign, apparently it says Fizint. I don't know if it does, but I saw a picture where it does say this. Yeah. And I don't know what Fizint is or Fizint. It's P-H-Y-S-I-N-T. And that now is apparently going to be the the espionage stealth Metal Gear successor game that Kojima's working on. Hasn't started it yet, apparently, but it it's it would seem that like somewhere he Kojima tweeted or said something about how like it will be a next generation thing. So this could be a PS6 release title or something. Who knows? But dude, I don't think he's allowed to do Metal Gear. But no. But he did say, standing the Herman Holst, that this is a culmination of his 40 years of making this style of game. Or however many years. Like, this is going to be the culmination of everything he has learned, and he's going to fucking make this thing. So, if Sony's backing him, you know they're going to let him do the, the entire story. We're going to get a whole fucking open, closed book of a story of a Hideo Kojima game. And if it's stealth like Metal Gear and it's fucking rad and it's a brand new IP, dude, I I can't even begin to wonder what he's doing. He did say some weird shit, though, about how, like, it's definitely a game, but it's also very movie-like. So, like, he's yeah. so he wants to be a fucking movie producer so bad, but I just hope that it's not, like, riddled with weird quick-time shit or it's so creative that it doesn't it – doesn't, drive down what we want from Kojima. Like what if he just takes it to like the nth degree and makes it so esoteric and weird that like, it's not what anybody wants. I don't know. I'm a little bit of concern. Yeah. I would just, whatever it is, it's going to be interesting regardless of whether or not it's for you. I mean, I don't think he's ever made a game. That's not interesting. And I would say, I don't think he's ever made a game. That's not good even if it's not something that you like right so i fizzent i guess according to his twitter or whatever i guess it's a working title so who knows what it really means in my opinion it's (laughs) my opinion it's a stupid fucking name so is death stranding um, no one fucking stranding what the fuck is stranding no one knew what that was and we made fun of it but now it makes sense yeah but death stranding at least like (laughs) isn't sounds like words like th- th- this is just like a it's a made up like word. is this a is this like a play on something I like I, isn't. I don't really understand it sounds like isn't in physical but uh, I I read something that I think it was like on IGN or something where they were saying it was like a combination of the words physical and intelligence oh but I uh, um which I I, I mean it's, that still sounds stupid to me but the thing is is that uh, Kojima's shit is always so just over the top insane that it like in like a lot of his stuff just doesn't really make any sense at all whatsoever. So <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm fucking 31 hours into that, into death stranding. And I still don't even know what the fuck the death stranding is. So, um, you know, it's, 
it, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I refuse to read like like every two minutes in that game, I get a, a message from somebody that's fifty three pages long, and it's like I'm not fucking reading this. Hey, Sam, I, I look I for the ones that research. have yellow text. Yeah. Yeah, so like I'll watch it when the game's over. I'll watch like a recap of the story just to see if I missed anything. Yeah, that's smart. But like, I think that uh, that this. I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm excited to see where this goes because if Koji, Kojima, the likelihood of him recapturing Metal Gear is probably pretty low. But if he comes out and makes a spiritual successor to Metal Gear that hits, I mean. It's basically like the biggest fucking dunk on Konami. And Sony will be in the driver's seat for that one. And that's pretty pretty good for them. I, I mean, I, I have to wonder how much fucking money Sony is probably putting on the table. They're, they might even just be funding this whole fucking project. It wouldn't surprise me. And, because they, I mean, they funded Death Stranding and they own it. But I... Uh, the thing is about um, this game is it. I would be shocked if it wasn't a PS6 game because he said straight up in the state of play that they weren't going to start production on this game in full until after Death Stranding 2 comes out in 2025. Right. So they're not so, going to start this shit until probably the beginning of 2026. My my guess is this is a sometime between 2028 and 2030 is probably when this game is going to come out. So, you know... I'll be 50 years old when it comes out. Maybe. You, you very well might be. And it, they, they might be working on it right now. Who knows, you Dude, know? I but can, it's like... You can't even fathom being fucking 50. Let's not talk about that right now. But to, to be fair, like, he made Death Stranding in, like, three years. So... Oh, he's that's... quick. He has a vision. That's the thing with him. He knows what he fucking wants. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, Death Stranding... Although Death Stranding 2, by the time it comes out, I think it'll be... Uh, six years since the original, so it's not like that game turned around real fast. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I I think that I I'm excited about this, and we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, we got another shit to talk about. Let's go on to the next one. Um, there was some uh, Silent Hill shit that got roped out, and they dropped a free Silent Hill game. And as it turns out, everyone was like stoked about it. But to be honest, man. Compared to the Resident Evil shit we've been getting, this really didn't do much for me looking at what they were showing. But, like, apparently on Push Square, I think they gave it a 4 out of 10. And they're saying this: there's very little to do here. You walk around. You can, like, fucking read some things. But it's not even really a game. I didn't play it, but it, it's called The Short Message. And uh, if you're interested, and uh, nice to see some Silent Hill stuff, though, regardless, I think. But... Um, and it was more exciting, I think, on Wednesday when they announced it than what it turned out to really actually end up being. But, Jake? Yeah, I agree with you on on that front. I, I thought, like, the imagery was pretty cool. But uh, same with you. I've heard that this game is not very good. And I know that they they talk about suicide in this game. But I guess, like, they literally club you over the head over and over with fucking messages about, like, suicide hotlines and all this stuff. And I – believe me, I I 100 percent believe that if you've got a game that's got that kind of message in it, 
you should put something like at the beginning when you boot the game that says like, "Hey, if you if you need help, here's the help you can get." But like, my understanding is that they just straight up stop you in the middle of ga- of the game and will just display this message again and again and again. And it's like, now you're just taking me out of the experience. It's like it would be like, um, you know, uh, uh, let me think of a. Uh, Think of a good example. Okay, spoiler, minor spoiler for um, Life is Strange 2. You played that, right? Yeah. So you remember how uh, the the little boy gets finds the dog. Right, yep. And then the dog ends up sadly dying in the game. And it would be like you're playing the game and you're running through that section of the woods looking for the dog. And then right before you find the dog, a fucking message pops up on the screen for, like, the ASPCA or some shit. And then you have to hit OK, and then now you find the dog. And it's like, OK. Like, would it also I be get what you're trying to do here. Yeah, would, it, would you compare this also, like, in The Last of Us Part Two? there are dogs, attack dogs, and sometimes you have to kill them. If they're coming at you, they pause it, and they say animal cruelty is bad. You shouldn't yeah. hurt animals. You know, like, was that like the same thing kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, obviously our, our, uh, our analogies aren't exactly on point, but it's like, because <laughs> the, it, to be clear, well, like mental health super in, real. and right, suicide yeah. stuff is, is very important and people should definitely be helped and aware and all that stuff. But I think that there is a, there is an instance where, um, you're, you're going a little bit too hard with the with this and you're actually detracting from the experience of like yeah where's the fun like imagine you know imagine if you were watching a movie like fucking schindler's list and every you know every time a bad thing happened they like brought up a message warning you about how bad nazis are it's it's like i like we know, like, like this, from the this beginning can of really the movie, affect like, you if you need to turn your head or leave, yeah. this, leave the area. You know, we're going to show something really graphic. It's just like I think at a certain point, people know what they're signing up for, right? So, and, yeah, and you, have, well, it, I mean, you can give them the message, just give sure. it to them at the beginning, sure. right? Sure, and then maybe and one say, of like, the credits we, to tie it off, sure, yeah, or whatever. It. You know what I mean? I, I, I just. Mm. It I don't know. True. We don't need to go on on that. I, I didn't mean to drag on. Well, on dude, that. I'll I say just, I'll I, say this: if the studio was so concerned about maybe somebody getting the wrong impression, then maybe they need to have a hard discussion about whether or not they really need to or want to include that in their game. If they're that yeah. concerned about it, right? Food for thought. Sure. Like yeah, that's that's my opinion. And and every, I echo everything you said, Jake. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to compare. Uh, killing a dog with committing suicide. That wasn't the parallel. I think the example uh, is what I was giving, though, about how they inject um, cautionary messages in video games. At what point is is enough enough? And I don't see this a lot, actually, honestly, ever. But this seems to be a thing with the Silent Hill game. So, And rightfully so, probably there should be a message. But how often do you need to throw it at you? I don't know. Uh, can you disable it? I don't know. I'll shut up about it. Um <laughs> So there is a new Silent Hill 2 game coming, uh, and there is a PS5 trailer. Um, they give us some puzzles, combat, and, and more. And, and again, I think we kind of touched on all of this Silent Hill stuff. I think it's fine. Um, we also got a Stellar Blade exclusive. Uh, well, this game is exclusive to PS5, I believe, is it not? 
Um, but I think we got a uh, a release date for April 26th for Stellar Blade. And I think this game is going to go over exceptionally well, maybe more more well than people initially anticipate. I think there's a lot of interest in this one. And uh, I don't know that I have the interest in it, but it does look awesome. I don't think I'll buy it. Dude, I'm uh, actually really excited for this game. Yeah. I don't know there's something about it. I just I really I really think it's a game that I I'm going to have fun playing. And um I was kind of surprised that the release date is so soon. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised, but it just means that like I'm going to have to prioritize a little bit because Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth comes out on what? It, april 29th or whatever yeah so or sorry not april february 29th or whatever so got to make sure that i'm through that and uh you know anything else that i might want to play i i it it sounds like uh what was the other game we talked about um last week that we said looked really good uh grand blue grand blue fantasy yeah apparently it's it's kind of it's kind of it's all right. I mean, but it's not like anything that anybody's you know screaming home about. So mm-hmm. I might be able to write that off for a little bit. But I do really want to play this game because I think it looks awesome, um, yeah. and I hope that uh, I hope that it uh, that it is awesome. Yeah, I think I think everyone's pulling for it, and if it turns out to be super fucking dope, maybe I will play it. But I'm not super into what I'm seeing so far for whatever reason. I just I've got too many distractions right now. Um, Rise of the Ronin got a deep dive into uh, gameplay. So uh, another game that I think people are kind of stoked on. Uh, I don't know, man. I uh, Something about the graphics of this game don't really hook me. I'll just say it. It's not as pretty as Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're correct there. But I will admit that... Um, I had very little interest in this game because I wasn't sure what it how it was gonna what it was gonna end up being. But I do think that after watching this that it does look good. Yeah, it, it doesn't does look, look bad. Just- so I'm I'm definitely interested in checking it out. I just don't know how that's gonna there's just so many other things to play that I don't know when I would get to this. So this is definitely going to be one of those games where we'll have to. This is going to be a wait and see kind of game for sure. Yeah, and uh, probably. But I do think I. To be clear, I do think it looks good. Yeah, yeah. I guess we just got to wait for the reviews, right? That, that's the thing. Let's just see. Mm. Until dawn, we already announced this last episode is getting remade for the PS5. This is super massive games, but I will also say that. When they started showing this trailer, I didn't even recognize it until they rolled the credits. And I was like, oh, that game. I I don't know, man. So, you know, when I know when I knew what it was, when I knew it was until dawn hmm. was when they showed that. Uh, like maybe just just a little bit into the trailer, they showed that contraption that was like. It was like the saw blade on oh. the fucking minecart or whatever, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that's that's from Until Dawn," and then uh, so I was getting excited, yeah, 
Because I was like, are they going to make a sequel? And then, uh, like, even if even if um, Supermassive isn't making it. But then I was like, no, nah, it's just this fucking... I, I totally forgot about the, the remaster or whatever. And I, then as soon as I saw it was a remaster, I was like, why are they even doing this? Like... It already you can already play it on PS5. Yeah, we already talked about that though. I, I think that it's a cash grab. They haven't been able Could to be. catch the lightning in a bottle again, so they're just going to remake the did, game. Did that, they say if there was any? Did they say if there was any extras or anything? Or do we not know? I don't that? know, but they showed a character that looked like the guy from Saw, and I don't remember him in the original Until Dawn. Yeah, he was the he was the. Um, Spoiler or no? I guess I, I guess I don't really want to spoil it, but yeah. he was the like the remember there was like the the bad guy at the beginning that was like the fucking red herring kind of guy. Oh uh, yeah, I think that was that's who that is if I remember correctly. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, that's happening. I think they I think that they truly would have been better off doing until dawn two one hundred percent. And they could have done it so easy. They could have been like, here's another group of kids that are staying here. Or it could have even been something completely different. I mean, yeah. it didn't have to be. It could have just been like, I don't know, a whole different story. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, we got another state of play. Uh, well, we didn't get a state of play, but it was. there was an announcement um, – about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. We're getting more shit on that. I don't know if that dropped yet or not, but we've already talked about that game uh, indefinitely all the time, so there's nothing to be said about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. We're both interested in it. Uh, the one thing that I didn't expect was Ken Levine's Judas, the story trailer. This was fucking wild and out of left field. I don't think this game's even close to being done yet. Yeah, I... When I saw this, I was, like, getting excited. But then after the trailer was over, I was, like, I didn't really need that. Right. Like, I'm I'm super, like, beyond excited for Judas. I want to make sure that's abundantly clear. But, like, this trailer didn't do anything for me more than the trailer, we, the first trailer we got a year ago. Yeah. And honestly, I thought the first trailer we got a year ago was way more exciting because it showed, like, a few more gameplay elements and some mm-hmm. crazy shit going on. And um, I think that this – I have to go back and watch it again. But uh, it just – when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then it was over. And it's like – I got to be honest. There's this one thing that, that, that developers or publishers or whatever have been doing now that is that makes me cringe so hard. And it's when they say – Whenever they show you a trailer and it just says wish list now at the end of it, Ugh. I fucking hate it. It's like like pre-orders are like taboo now. Like they don't like you, they, you can't pre-order games that Ugh. like don't have release dates and shit. So it's like wish list. It's like because they used to use pre-orders. Companies use pre-orders to under to gauge interest in games. Well, now it's like there's there's so much stink on pre-orders because games fucking release broken all the time. That it's like, well, now we're using this wish list feature so we can gauge interest in games and stuff and see how right. well we're going to do or whatever. And it's like, it's like, come on, just like, just say it's, I don't know. It's like, why are you asking me to wish list to this game? Like, how does that, what does that mean? Like, how does it do anything? I'm getting off on a tangent. I, I am really excited for this game. 
But your uh, tangent's fine. I I, I, I wish I, I wish I would have gotten at least like a window if they'd have just been like, hey, this is. But it's Ken Levine, so who all, who knows? It could be fucking twenty twenty seven before we see this game. Could be could be this fucking year. Who knows? No one knows. And that's the, that's that's the yeah. Beauty. I know Bioshock Infinite took forever to come out, so um, this could take a long time. That's the beauty of the speculation, man. Um, this next one don't care anything about Sonic X Shadow Generations revealed. Uh, there's an enhanced remaster set. Um to come out uh, set for autumn i guess which would be the fall time for us but i i think it looked really good but i was never a sonic person so i i don't I, this doesn't do anything for me it looks fine it looks actually kind of kind of cool yeah i don't know i'm just like i'm i don't really like sonic yeah so none of this really does it for me like why the fuck are there two sonics like i, I don't really understand what's going on here and, like, uh, maybe this is actually really fun. I don't know. There's some parts of it that look really cool, but a lot of it is just, like, Sonic running around. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm – I don't know. Like, I get that that's, like, his thing is he runs around. I'll say – that, like, dude, I'll say this about Sonic, and, and maybe you'll remember this and maybe you won't. But when the Game Gear came out, Sonic on the Game Gear was a fucking sight to see because – yeah. It was awesome. Game Gear was the Game Gear was fucking legit. Yeah, it was fucking awesome, and I couldn't believe that that was on a handheld because it looked so fucking good. And I was jealous of anyone who had a Game Gear because I didn't. They were too expensive. I had a Game Boy and then a Game Boy Color. Game Gear was the fucking shit. Sonic on Game, Game Gear. Gear. I'll never yeah. forget seeing that on that screen. My buddy was playing it. It's just like, holy fucking shit. I need this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a Game Gear, and uh, but the only thing I ever played on it was Streets of Rage. Oh, had a boy. That's the way to do it. So, well, I mean, I played a little bit of Sonic on it. I had a couple other things mm. too, but my that was mainly I just played Streets the of Rage. Game Gear was awesome. All right, uh, this one I spoiled for you, Jake, and I didn't mean to do this. Metro Awakening. Um, is a uh, Deep Silver's involved, being developed by another company though, and it's going to be. An origin story on VR2 for Metro. I was just... Now, let me just say this. I will say this. Apparently, there were leaks that this was going to be announced or somebody was working on this game. When I brought up how fucking cool it would be to be in a VR Metro game, I had known nothing about this. Disclaimer. So when this fucking dropped and I'm watching the state of play, my jaw hit the fucking floor. Because like at first, it shows like the fi- this fire... And it's like this Russian voice, and he's talking about oh, the fire, the fire. I can't even fucking do it. But they were doing the voice, and then you see, like, you're like, holy shit! Like, I think that's the guy who wrote Metro. Like, I, they gave like a, a Russian name, and I'm like, I think that's the fucking Metro guy. And I'm like, no fucking way! They're not fucking doing this. And then, sure as shit, it's 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 an origin story for the Metro games in VR, and coming out in VR too. This is now race to the top of my most anticipated, excited for game out of all the games. Jake, you turned me on to the Metro series, and uh, I've never looked back. I've been in them. I love them. I've played all three. I loved them all. I think the latest one, Exodus, was my least favorite just because it was a little more open world. But ultimately, the DLC and shit for Exodus was fucking fantastic. Like the two captains and whatever the other one was. 
oh shit, it's good. This is a great world, and I can't wait to be in it in VR. I'm fucking stoked. And the trailer looks awesome. It does look good. I mean, it, it looks it looks really fun. So I'm and I love like the idea of looking at your watch to see how much air you have. Oh, I can't wait. Fucking mask and, and even like that, like the fucking homemade guns and shit look cool. Oh. And um, I just hope it's good. Did they give you know a date? I mean? Was it 2025? Did they give a date? Metro Awakening. Um, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm watching the trailer for it right now. God, it looks Let's fucking it awesome. It wasn't quite enough. I wanted more in this trailer. I wanted to see it more. It says coming 2024. God damn it. It will be mine. Yeah. It looks it looks great. Jesus. This this was this to me second to Death Stranding 2, obviously because I'm invested in that too. <clears throat> but this to me was the biggest thing on this entire thing because like you and I just been through this VR renaissance again we put the helmets on you just came out of New York sky I don't think we're ever getting Half-Life Alex but if we can get fucking Metro exclusive to VR2 we'll be exclusive probably not cuz Metro is PC also so I just uh, it be- it better come to VR2 at the same time if not before PC I bet you this is cross-platform. That's all. They can't take yeah, that big might of be. a risk. They can't take that big of a risk. And keep in mind how pretty the Metro games are. Dude, they are going to fucking capitalize on this fucking shit in VR. It's going to be the fires, the flames, putting out the lights, the, the torches, the whole subway system, the fucking stealth. Dude, it's going to be so fucking good. I'm calling it now. 10 out of 10 for a VR game, calling it. I saw. I already saw what I had to see. It's going to be amazing. As long as it tracks, <laughs> it's 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 fucking in the in the bag. All right, dude. Uh, last, uh, not last one. Next news point: Legendary Tales, some sort of VR two game. Also, it's a spellbinding. I don't know anything about this game. What what the hell is this game? Dude, this game looks actually it, like when I first started watching the trailer for this. This is the one that's like the medieval one where you're like fighting a bunch of okay. like, medieval RPG where you're, like, fighting a bunch of, like, skeletons and shit. And, like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this looks kind of wonky. And then, like, as it goes on, it just gets more, we- like, weird and crazy and wild. And I'm like, oh, this actually looks fucking awesome. Like, he, uh, there's, like, scenes where it looks like you can just grab anything and use it as a weapon. Like, he, he like, he, like, breaks the skull off of one of the skeletons yeah. and, like, uses it as a shield and, like, throws a knife at someone. And, like, it's, it seems... Very, uh, very like kinetic and um, almost like a almost like a medieval kind of combat version of like a super hot or 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 something like that, where it's like you're just it's just this very fluid like nonstop kind of combat thing, mm. and where you can just kind of use your enemies' tools against them, and or like the stuff that you craft, or what I don't know. It looks to me, it looks fucking cool. But um, I'd like to see more about it. So here's the thing. My understanding is they're billing this as a dark fantasy RPG, but it's also multiplayer. So is it only multiplayer? I do don't know? know. It's built from the ground up in multiplayer is how they... So honestly, Jake, you just need to like 
jump into some dungeon crawling with me in multiplayer, I'll be a barbarian and you can be an elf. And we can just fucking troll around and fight shit. It'd be fun if 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 if, if you could if you if you got to build your party. If it's like gauntlet in like VR. I Looks don't like know. this is in in early access on PC right now. We'll have to see what people are saying about it. It does look um, cool. I did forget about this game, but it does look cool. Um, next one, Zenless Zone Zero. I don't know what this is. I don't remember. How many what of these, this, is. this is another one of those MiHoYo games or whatever. It's like how many of these fucking games are they going to make? Like, are they all in the same universe? Like, I don't understand. Oh, this geez. to be fair, Honkai Star Rail the- Genshin, yeah. Yeah, but to be fair, all, of all of the ones I've seen, aesthetically, this one is the most cool to me. But I'm probably still not going to play it because it's one of these fucking gotcha games. So it's like, yeah. you know, but it'll probably be a free-to-play game. And people who are into Genshin, your brother will probably love it. Yeah. So um, I don't know, but I, I mean, I think it looks cool. But I just I if it's anything like Genshin Impact, I know I'm not gonna like it. So uh just the the I'll I'll like the aesthetic and everything, but I'm not gonna like the the uh whatever. That's fair. The those gotcha elements. elements. Um I never played Dave the Diver. There's a new uh there's a port coming. Um and there's gonna be Godzilla downloadable content in May, so we can just pass on that. I I hear it's awesome. Dave the Diver, I guess, is is pretty good. Yeah, I, it's um, it's got a. Let's see here. I just wanted to see real quick what uh what it got on because I think it released on Switch. I think it did really well. Was where it was at, and uh, Dave the Diver on Open Critic has a critic average of 90 and 100 percent of critics recommend yeah it's supposed so to be. i don't even know what the fuck this game is but it's, um apparently you're running a restaurant it. in dave the diver it's a sushi restaurant and you go out and you dive and you're supposed to find the ingredients for your meals so you're building a restaurant and you're a diver but you encounter shit underwater apparently that is threatening and stuff and then there's all these like mini games and shit that go on um i guess it's like got some Really uh, nice gameplay hooks in it, but the uh, the other one, um, vamp is it vampire? No, V V V Rising. V Rising is this uh, vampire RPG game? It's coming to PS Five. Apparently, it's already out on PC. It released in twenty twenty two. It's an action RPG, and you play as a potentially tyrannical vampire. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I like the idea of vampires, but usually vampire games suck. So I'm curious. I think it looks really cool. I, I don't love the idea of, it seems like there's like a, there's almost like a survival, like base buildy kind of yeah. component to it yep. that, that I really don't want to deal with. But like the actual, like running around and fighting and all that stuff looks really cool. Yeah. I like the idea of playing as like a vampire, but, um, and it's it seems like it's got, you know, it's 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 got a very positive rating on Steam. So, and this is another early access game. Sure. So we'll see how it uh, how it ends up. But I think it looks great. I just don't know if I'll be all that into the 
base ability part of it. I might just need to look into it a little bit more. Yeah, and see, maybe see do a little more research on what it. it means. Um, Dragon's Dogma 2, new character classes uh, they showed us. I really don't want to talk anything about that unless you feel the need to. I mean, it looks good. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, Dragon's Dogma 2 looks great, but I, I just don't know that uh, it's something. Because doesn't it come out in, like, March or something? It's coming out real soon. Mm-hmm. It comes out, yeah, it comes out really soon. And then between, the, like, all these other stuff that's going on, I don't know um, if I'll play it, but we'll see. I mean, if it comes out and it's just an absolute banger and I need something to play, uh, then we'll uh, we'll throw it on the list. But I I didn't really play the first one. I played maybe I don't know. I think I played like an hour or two of the first one because there was like a demo of it of the Dark Arisen stuff on PS3, and uh, and I just I never really got deep into it. So i i have there's nothing for me really to be excited about here other than what i'm seeing in these trailers and to be fair like they do look very good but um i have no uh experience to draw from to be like super hyped about it (laughs) yeah very good i agree uh sorry dude i I, long story i think i told a, a story a couple episodes ago about I hung out with my buddy Justin. I hadn't seen him forever. We were college friends. And then he showed me like Wayne was just in town. Uh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just got a random message from Wayne and he goes, warning photo dump incoming because I found this picture of Wayne and I, cause I still think he was at college for the full fucking four years. And he says that he was only there for one semester, but I found a picture of him and I, and I couldn't place the background. I asked him where the fuck the background was. He goes, dude, I, he goes, I have no recollection of this photo. And like we're trying to figure it out, but then he just sent me a message, and it's like a photo dump, and he says photo dump warning incoming. I found a bunch of pictures from college, and the very first picture. Do you know the thumb trick through the zipper? You know the, the trick for guys. Yeah. You fucking tuck your arm in, and then you put down the zipper, and you stick your thumb out through the zipper, so it looks like your wang's hanging out. I apparently knocked on his door and did that, and then he just happened to have a camera, and he took this fucking picture of me because he was dying laughing, and I, you can tell I'm just losing my mind because I thought it was the funniest thing. That's the very first picture he sent me, so I can't <laughs> wait to look at the other ones because I have no clue what the fuck they're going to be, but I'm so excited to see these. Um, lastly, Foam Stars PS5. PS4, the first season detailed ahead of next week's launch. So we are getting Foam Stars in February, and uh, we'll move into the next news point here in a second. I'm not interested in Foam Stars. I hear that it can be kind of fun to jump in and out of, but like it's not really what I'm looking for in a game personally. Um, I Honestly, I got it with uh, fucking uh, the finals recently, free to play. So yeah, um, we'll get into the news other we have like four more news points and then we'll call it a night and uh so that was it for the state of play but we were given the uh essential games announced for february the playstation plus essential games for february so if you're playstation plus essential subscriber we are getting foam stars which i just mentioned we're gonna get roller drome which actually looks fucking dope i want to play that game and then we're getting steel rising which uh, I don't even really know what that is, if I'm being honest. Um, Steel Rising was a game that looked really cool aesthetically, uh, but 
I don't think I think it just got kind of mediocre mm-hmm. sort of sixes and sevens kind of reviews. I want to say that they it was the same developer maybe that did. Um, oh fuck! Now I'm forgetting the name of that that game. It was like a like a piratey kind of game. Steel Rising was made by Spiders. Yep, who did uh, Greedfall? Mm. Um, and people really liked that Greedfall game. They also did. I recognize quite a few of these games. Technomancer, um, Bound by Flame. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're like one of those teams that make solid, you know, sevens. Like, they're not they're not making anything that's blowing your hair back or anything like that. But right, um, yeah, I don't know. I it's one of those games where like maybe if I'm bored or whatever, I'll download it and try it out. But I do understand that that roller drum game is pretty good. I've never played it, but I hear it's it's great. Interesting. I don't know anything about it, but I'll take your word for it. Um, mm. We don't usually go into rumors, but this one is interesting, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. There is it, – it's just because it's so interesting and seems so unbelievable at this point. But there's a YouTuber that leaks a lot of hardware for Sony stuff, and uh, uh, the name of the account is More Moore's Law is Dead. And they are indicating on their YouTube account that uh, there's possibly a a successor to the Vita being thought about or entertained over at Sony. And it would seem that uh, they're saying this would be able to run games natively. And... The report that on this YouTube site is that, you know, this whole project is very high level, meaning not like super, super uh, classified, but more so that it's really early stages and that this device is at the very least two years out and hasn't been technically greenlit yet. So it very well might be something that comes out alongside the PS6. Or doesn't come out at all or, if it's still in the R&D phase. Correct. But curious. I mean, I guess it makes sense for Sony to consider this market still. But mm. it the, the wild failure, put in parentheses, of the Vita is a shame because it was awesome. And I think a big issue that Sony's running into with a lot of their a lot of their hardware, VR included, is having first-party developers develop for these things. You know, they have these really great pieces of hardware that could really do a lot of awesome shit, but then, like, they just don't get the game support out of the gates to to maximize the potential of the device. I, th- I think if they could just utilize some backwards compatibility kind of situation where like let's say you can natively play ps4 games on there Mm -hmm. and then maybe you know some ps5 titles with patches or whatever could play on there and they didn't have to be like only for vita 2 or whatever the fuck it's going to be called like i think they could easily they could more easily sell a handheld if people could download it and say like oh well i already have this huge library of games i can play on this thing 
Right. And if that's the case, I might fucking pick one up. That sounds awesome. I mean, I'm not a huge handheld gamer, but and if they rolled like fucking uh if they rolled in like the all the functionality from the uh the portal so that I could I could remote play into my PS6 or whatever right, right, right. to play all the newest shit. Like that'd be fucking awesome. Have all that stuff in one. It'd be a cool little uh cool little doodad. That'd be fucking awesome, dude. It would be cool. It'd be cool shit. I man, I, there's just so much potential with Sony, but they gotta be careful how they play their cards. And I just don't know that because the, there's so much that goes into it. Pricing level of interest what games can it support how are you going to sell the unit there's so much shit to it anyways i thought it was interesting i watched this next one this next one is the last of us part two documentary grounded is on youtube it's two hours long it's really did they just do it it's out yeah so it's it, they did one for the they did one for the first game. Yeah, this is Grounded Two. Ago. They call it Grounded okay. Two. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have to watch it. It's two hours I, long. What's that? I was just gonna say I've been meaning to I've been meaning to go back and and play part two again. Did you buy up? Did you buy up? I haven't, but I will. I did whenever I go to do it. And I found out I bought the Last of Us Two digitally. So oh fucking my advantage! I don't have to worry about the disc. I could buy buy up. So good. There you go. So good. Uh, but yeah, dude, so it's interesting because they kind of take you through the studio. It's really fucking good. Two things. We'll go pre-Last of Us 2, and then I'll talk on a quick news point on post-Last of Us 2. And then, Jake, I know you look like you're going to die. We'll get through this quick. Um, Pre-Last of Us 2 is is apparently The Last of Us started off as an open world bloodborne style game it's fucking ridiculous Weird. that that was their direction glad that didn't happen yeah and and second point is at the very end last of us 2 comes out it releases yada 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 Druckmann is talking and he said you know there have been articles about how i've said that i have a script written for the last of us part 3 he goes on to say it's not fully fleshed out. He has ideas. And then he says that, you know, he has come up with what he thinks would be a really good idea for part three. And he says, so I, I think that it's probably in the cards that that will happen at some point inferring or implying that that is not the game that they're currently working on, Mm. which is really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I kind of would like for them to just get out from under the last of us, Mm -hmm. like finish the last fucking game and be over with it. But like at the same time, like I want to see something different from them. I think we're going to, I, like at this point, I could. I'm sure I would love a Last of Us three, but I could take it or leave it. If they never made another Last of Us game, I probably would be okay with that. And uh, so, but they've been doing this super hard shit for the past ten years. Like mm. I want to see them do something new. Like what does that end up being? And uh, you know, 
does it be is it they're, they're gonna make something more stylized is it still gonna be super grounded and gritty but like maybe it's fucking up sci-fi game or something or maybe they'll do like a fantasy game i know we've there have been some rumors we've talked about but like dude i think who knows dude i think a naughty dog game that would be really fucking fun and also scary and realistic and like make you stop and pause and think if they did an alien invasion kind of game think about interesting think about what they could do graphically like i just keep thinking about the scene in uh, what whatever DLC it was with uh, Chloe and and what's her face, you know the one I'm talking about for Uncharted. There's that scene where you get up on the roof and you're looking out into the distance, and the city is like getting bombed, and it's yeah. just like the scale. Now imagine that situation, but fucking alien spaceships coming into Earth and like getting into the atmosphere, and they're flying. Like you, you're just this fucking dude or, or female antagonist, what whoever, and you go up and you look out your window, and it's true to form, Naughty Dog, but it's like they sell you this intro that everything's normal, and then shit just fucking goes off the hook. Where like there's like literal aliens coming down and like just wiping out your neighbors and like attacking, almost like clickers, but like. Alien, so they can keep it campy and light, right? They could add like an element of fun to it. Uh, At that point, it might as well just be a resistance game. That's what I'm kind of leaning towards. But what if like there was like, I don't know, what Men in Black shit, where like they show you these fucking weapons, like, oh yeah, we're, we're, we we know about these things. Come join us, or you know, we're here to take you in, and you become like a hard ass and like smash cut. Like 15 years later, you're still fighting aliens. I think I'd rather see that. I mean, I think what you're saying would be cool, and it would be a natural evolution of what they've done with The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be cool to just have them do like a straight up fucking hard sci-fi like. Mass Effect 200 kinda? years in the future kind of game where it's like maybe not quite that pristine. I'm thinking of something more like uh have you have you have you read or or ex- consumed any of the Expanse books or the TV show or anything? Yeah, I was really into the show for a while, but I just kept falling asleep during it. That's that's not uh that's not a reflection of the show the show is really good it's just you have to be awake and paying attention to really follow it and i just but like something more like that where it's like yeah it's sci-fi yeah there's space stations and shit but it's like it's pretty grounded yeah and like it's based in reality it's It's not politics and like yeah yeah it's not like there's all it's not like alien fucking government councils and all this (laughs) crap like mass effect you know it's like but it's but it just happens to take place in space like i think that that's i think that would be kind of a neat way for them to go or who knows maybe they can make like a fucking super cartoony game who knows but uh it'd be neat to see something new from them i think whatever they choose to do i hope it's just fucking badass and i think it will be all right next news point um dude there's major fucking rumors circulating today this morning and yesterday evening and i don't know if you saw any of this but it's it seems like it's more than just a rumor that Starfield is coming to PS5. And also, there are other rumors that Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, Gears of War are also in talks of coming to PS5, which is crazy. And the, the reason being is apparently the leak is said that Microsoft has really been trying to chase the money 
And their studio, while it's been 50-50 and a lot of the games live on rival platforms, they're kind of pushing it that way because they need – they're not doing well for the gaming part, I guess. So the Sony's got such a hold on them that they're just going to let these games maybe live on PlayStation. And it's – what's interesting to me is like could could Sony – could Sony just be like we don't want them? They wouldn't do that. Might as well take the fucking money. I mean, they could, but they might as well take the money. Um, dude, I, I'll be honest with you. Hi-Fi Rush is fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm not. I, I think that like if that comes to if that comes to PlayStation, people should play it because it is so. I'm sure they cool. Will. Yeah, and uh, and even like Starfield, even though. It's not what I necessarily want out of a, a Bethesda Game Studios game. It's still pretty good, and Gears of War is shocking because that's like a that's like a Xbox kind of flagship title. Mm. So I'm not really sure. Well, rumors. Like you again, might as well bring Halo over. I, I don't know. None of this know? shit is confirmed, but this is what is circulating right now on the news sites. Right, like this is. It's it's not it's a little I think it's I think it's more than just speculation at this point. I think that there there is some teeth to some of this. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean and maybe maybe excuse me, maybe it's all hubbub, but dude, if if these I mean I, I don't really have any knowledge about Sea of Thieves. It's not really for me, but I, I think people really like it, so that's probably pretty cool. But like I said, Hi-Fi Rush is awesome. Starfield's pretty good, and Gears of War is great. Like I, that's another series that's been kind of I don't want to say stranded on Xbox because that implies that you know Xbox is somehow inferior. But yeah, like I, I think that Gears of War is especially like the first three games. I only played the first one, but. I loved the first game, but my understanding is like the first three as a trilogy are fucking awesome as as a whole. So I I just am excited for and not that it happens here, but like people need to to chill with the freaking, you know, console war shit about all this stuff and trying to dunk on Xbox fans and all this crap. It's just like you should just be happy these games are coming over and you have a chance to play them because I agree. it seems like every game they're bringing over sounds fucking dope. And if it means you don't have to buy an Xbox to play them, then that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is just shocking news though. And it is. It's very shocking news. I don't, I don't know what it means or if it's even going to happen. I, I bet you they roll things back and this doesn't happen. If I, if I were a betting person, I would say this does not happen. I could maybe see Starfield because I think the re- the reception of Starfield has been kind of rough. And like, while Microsoft owns Zenimax and in in uh, whatever the fuck, uh, Jesus uh, Bethesda and all that shit now, um, there might be a push from Bethesda to say, listen, this shit needs to be released on PlayStation. We have the data here. Like it's going to sell. You'll make more money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that, that the catalyst for this decision 
incubated in Microsoft itself, but more so maybe a push from the developer that they own. My understanding too is that uh oh uh what's the what's the CEO of Microsoft Satya Nadella or whatever or, I couldn't uh, even tell you. Um Satya yeah Satya Nadella is the CEO of Microsoft. My understanding is that he's been on record saying that he doesn't like exclusives mm. and he li- he would like to see all that shit everywhere. Just so that they can make you know make more money on it, right. which I, I totally understand. I mean, they're they've they've spent so much money on this this initiative, buying all of these studios to generate games for Game Pass and and all of this stuff, and their subscriber numbers have kind of gotten flat, and and they're probably not making the money that they would like to make, and mm-hmm. so uh, it's not all that surprising to me that they're thinking about um, branching out and. I just, uh, I, I think it would be cool. That is super cool to be able yeah. to experience these games. I mean, I would be tempted to pick up Starfield if that were the case. I don't know if it's anything I would like, but it is a good game. My biggest, the, the, I didn't really appreciate. I don't really like the way that they handled exploration in it, but mm. the actual like story and the gameplay and all that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that's. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I. I think I would be interested. But that's all we have for the show today. I don't have any new games coming out this week. We are recording this a day late. But for those on Patreon, I apologize again that you're getting the show a tad bit later than normal. But you still get it before the non-patrons of the show. So you can't gripe too much because we don't even promise that. But uh, we do try to achieve that for you. Um, You know, And just like our video game skills, sometimes we're awesome and sometimes we're not on our A game. But... It is what it is. I was busy yesterday. Jake had hockey. So we're recording this on Monday evening. The episodes air every week on Wednesdays for non-patrons. And you can listen on your preferred streaming platform and also on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, be like Wes. Jump in there. Subscribe. Give us a little extra, a little little love over there. Um, it helps our channel grow, and then we we have more people like minded or maybe not like minded people to to chime in to what we're talking about each and every week. When it comes to PlayStation, that being said, Jacob, do you have anything that you would like to add before we go? And I apologize because I know you wanted this to be a shorter show, but there was a lot of fucking shit to talk about. So sorry. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's no, it's cool. Um, no, uh, I did couple days ago buy a ticket to see alice cooper and rob zombie in concert so oh, i'm really just one ticket going that. solo i'm just going by myself yeah that's fucking dope Dude, I, I, i'll be honest with you i kind of like going to concerts by myself sometimes i'll yeah. go with like sarah yeah and because because it's one of those things where it's like you can get in and out and do your own thing and you don't have to worry about entertaining somebody else exactly. music can be so personal you know mm-hmm. that it's like Sometimes I just like getting there and fucking doing my own shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's obviously exceptions to that. I take Sarah – like I asked Sarah if she wanted to go, but she's just not really a big fan of either one of those bands. Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, I was pretty pretty stoked about that. They're playing at uh, the Pavilion in Pittsburgh, um, so which is not my favorite venue. But, yeah, beggars can't be choosers. So, Well, the show that we are both going to go to – 
I am so beyond stoked for the new Alkaline Trio record listeners. If you've not heard it, is awesome. It's really, it's really good. It's really good. It's, like, it's really good. It's really growing on me. <laughs> it's so good. And uh, they are playing in, in another uh, band that I've been li- listening to a lot of lately are opening. And I'm sure they'll do just as long of a set. They'll probably do like 40 minutes, 30 minutes. Drug Church. They're a super yeah. hardcore band and they're so good. They're not I – hate, I hate to reduce them to hardcore by describing them because they're so yeah. much better than that. They, they're like – they're just they're just aggressive. Like they have like an aggressive sound, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. But their songs are so well written and they're tight. All their live videos are they're like one of the fucking tightest bands I've ever seen. Um I'm not gonna lie though, that, that new trio album took me a couple listens, but after a couple listens I was locked in. On oh yeah, album. it's weird because it's not quite what you expect from them, but it's a mm-hmm. it's a mature band. It's 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 a, it's a band who's aged over time. I'll say the song real quick that I can't get out of my head, which is probably, honestly, and no offense to Dan, because I like Dan, their bass player, a lot. I like his songs a lot. His song, Broken Down in a Time Machine, is my least favorite on the record, but he has one line in the chorus, and he says, sometimes it works in reverse. And the way he sings it, sometimes it works in reverse. (laughs) And it's just so fucking good. He has like this tonal quality to his voice that the song is okay because of that one line and his delivery every time that part comes in i'm like yeah this is fucking awesome and then it kind of fades back that song if it's if it's the one i'm thinking of gives me for whatever reason it gives me like early 2000s kind of like local show vibes i don't really know why yeah something about the chorus of that song that like if it's the song I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think it is. It's just like, I'm broken down in a time machine. Do, 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 do. Sometimes it works in reverse. And it's like that when he says that line. Yeah, um, I think that's one. Yeah, it's so fucking good because he goes up and his delivery is so fucking matter of fact. And the idea of him literally just talking about a time machine working sometimes in reverse and being stuck in the past but then like you get throttled back to the present or like you're looking into the future from back then and it's where you are now like it's just really cleverly written and i love and appreciate the lyrics the music's just fine on that song compared to the other songs but it's a really good song in that one part just fucking i think I, i don't know if i have a favorite yet on the record but Holy cow, man! Um, that that meet me song is that what it's called? Meet me. Uh, yeah, it's like the second or third song on the album. Dude, I think that's the one, or maybe it's track. No, I think it might be track two. Uh, man, Skiba does this thing, and for those who don't know who Alkaline Trio are, they're they're a punk band from Chicago from back in the day. They're all spread out now, but Matt is the dude who filled in for uh, was it Tom? Tom DeLong, when Tom, Tom DeLong, left blank, yeah. they picked Matt, and Matt was the guy that filled in. So if if you were interested at all in what he was doing in Blink, um, everything he's done in in Alkaline Trio is by far and wide better than the shit he brought to the table for Blink. Um, Matt is an mm-hmm. incredible songwriter, he's a super thoughtful guy. In fact, the title of the record is called Blood, Hair, and Eyeballs, and his mother is a decorated war nurse from uh, Vietnam. And she would like go to the LZ and like would 
you know, just fix people up. And apparently that's where she met his father because he was a soldier and they both lived and they ended up getting married. But he's telling a story in this interview that his mom said, like, when it was really bad, they would say, how, how was it? You know, like it was like nurses lingo wherever they were at. It was just blood, hair and eyeballs. And like that's where they got the fucking title for the record, which is crazy. Um, yeah, that's wicked. And then if you think about – there's a song on there about uh, the – I think it's the one they released a video for. And I, I don't know for certain, but it's it's the one with – you were talking about a practice that had a really cool um, rhythm part to it. What the hell song is that one? It's uh, a bad time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's talking about like how like the verse is like I was in the middle of a firefight it's a bad time, but I want to talk to you. I think that could be a reference to his parents meeting at the Vietnam war. I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Hmm. Probably not. But the stories, super catchy song though, but the stories that he reflects on when he's talking about this record are really interesting. Talking about his folks and then talking about growing up in like the punk rock scene and the Chicago scene and stuff. He's, it's really interesting to hear people like him do long, long form interviews because I've always respected his writing and he's not like fucking Ozzy Osbourne. So you're not going to get a lot of like interviews with like famous websites. You know what I mean? Like it's sparse. So it's nice to hear them talk about their music. So, um, really interesting. I don't know shit about what caused that song, but I imagine, you know, because it's really weird, you know, but he does say something about a drive by also. So it's probably not, um, what a fucking good song. They're all great songs. Oh, versions of you. Holy shit. All right. Enough. Yeah. All right, I'll let you go. All right, um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, if you want a music recommendation, you just got it. Listen to Drug Church, Alkaline Trio, or uh, Alice Cooper. You know, why not? I will uh, see you guys next week. Jake, we'll see you next week. With that out of the way, like Wipeout, Omega Collection, Watch Dogs 2, and Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.